0: Welcome to Coloring Paris, the podcast about living as an international student in Paris, especially a student of color. So, what are you going to say at my funeral now that you've killed me? Here lies the body of the love of my life, whose heart I broke without a gun to my head. Here lies the mother of my children, both living and dead. Rest in peace, my true love, who I took for granted most bomb who because of me sleep evaded her shroud is loneliness her god was listening her heaven will be a love without betrayal ashes to ashes dust to side
1: chicks So today we're going to talk about safety. I'm Raven. Hi guys, I'm Anne.
2: Hi, it's me again, the one and only, I don't know, it's me, (laughs) hi (laughs) guys.
1: Okay, so my first question is, in your own country, so where you come from, how is the safety aspect of, I don't know, everyday life, how is it like, can you give me an example of what you mean by safety exactly safety in a way that um how of how likely you're to be pickpocketed or how how is it like to be a woman from India for example <laughs>
0: girl did you just ask me how it's like to be a woman in India <laughs> no like in
1: the streets <laughs>
0: you're just making it worse you know
1: <laughs> okay like, please expound um
0: it's really bad Mm -hmm. is the nicest way i can say it to be a woman in india um so i grew up in delhi and i used to take the metro to travel to college every day during my undergrad years and uh, in delhi the metros have one coach specifically reserved for women And the other three, or four, five, six, whatever, how many other coaches are, uh, they are general compartments. So anybody can get in. And a lot of men used to have a problem with this because why do you have a coach reserve for women
2: alone? Because Mm -hmm. they're not safe with men.
0: Exactly. Mm -hmm. So in three years that I used to travel up and down every day to college, I used to stick to the female compartment on, you know, most of the times but every single time that I've been in the general compartment I've been touched groped oh
2: my uh, God. trigger warning guys
0: yes sorry about that uh, but yeah but it's just it's just expected so you just mm-hmm. squeeze into the and there's only one coach for women alone so you just get into that and yeah basically that's how women are in India like
1: when that happens you're not surprised anymore
0: yeah not surprised anymore hmm
1: And then there's your everyday
0: eve-teasing, cat-calling, you know, just just the regular stuff. Yeah. Nothing special.
1: (laughs) (laughs) As a woman, I mean, I agree. So, for me, for example, uh, I'm from the Philippines and, uh, I mean, it's it's similar to India in that sense. (laughs) There's like... chance that you're not gonna be able to make it home or yeah i don't know that that's just an everyday reality and of course like there's your everyday pickpockets and i i for myself like i lost my phone like four times already in the train what yeah but I think that's just a you thing. Yeah, really. it, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a me thing. But also, if there are no pickpockets, there will be no pickpocketing. So, <laughs> you know, um,
0: one of my nightmares is getting pickpocketed. And like, I've never been pickpocketed. Like, I have this recurring nightmare that I'm getting pickpocketed <laughs> and I'm losing my phone and my a wallet. <laughs> and every time I'm outside, like, I always have every, you know, every 20 minutes, I'll be like, I'll put my hand into my bag to check if my phone and my wallet are still there.
2: That is actually the easiest way to lose your phone and your wallet if you keep checking on it every five minutes. You might mistakenly throw it out, like you put your hand in to check and then in, taking your hand out, it probably drops out. It, mm-hmm. No,
0: how clumsy do you have to be to do that?
2: No, you don't have to be clumsy. You just have to be <laughs> I'm <hurt>. anxious. I'm anxious. <laughs> No, seriously. It's, I feel like it's one of the easiest ways to do um, stuff if you so keep on checking.
0: this one time, my friend, he was in Mumbai and he was traveling by the local train there, which is uh, a very downgraded version of the metro, but it's very efficient.
1: Okay.
0: And uh, trains go on till like one in the morning and he basically he was alone and he was traveling and he was listening to music and he fell asleep in no. the train. Oh. Yes, he did. And when he woke up, uh, <laughs> everything's gone. No, he he walked out. He still had his earphones on, and then it's only when he stepped out of the train he realized that someone sliced his pocket and uh, took out the phone and wallet, and his earphone was left hanging.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at I'm, least they left him something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised he
1: still has clothes and everything. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> what about you,
2: Anom? Um, Adam, <laughs> um,
1: what about you? Like, tell S- us about okay. Kana.
2: So, for me, I grew up in a very small town. Mm. Uh-huh. Shout out to Aguna Suedro. A.G. to the <laughs> world. A.G. to the say. But, yeah, um, I grew up in a very small town. Um, and it was largely safe. You know, you would hear of, like, um, burglaries, but very, very, very few rare. times. Yeah, mm-hmm. very it, it was very rare basically. Um people would get their houses broken into but it's like very, very few mm-hmm. times that I've heard of that. And uh but in Accra where I was unfortunate enough to stay for a bit. <laughs> it is insane. Like you are walking and you have to just all of your senses have to be on high alert. On guard, because it's like so there's this saying that like the boys in Accra say that we didn't come to we didn't come to Accra to watch the sea. It's like Accra is by the sea, so like We didn't come to Accra to just come in, be idle for people to take advantage of us. Because like it's as soon as you enter Accra, the atmosphere changes. Mm. It's like it's charged and everybody's looking to take advantage of you, to rob you, to pickpocket you, to dupe you, to take your money, help. People would So like
0: would, a regular day in Gardenaud.
2: Uh, exactly <laughs> oh my god sorry guys but yeah exactly that's that's the entire vibe of Accra so it's Accra is not safe I'm not gonna lie and say it's safe no it's fucking not safe at all
1: I love that you used the word vibe it's like a poor country vibe
2: <laughs> <laughs> seriously you just enter there and then you're like something has shifted mm-hmm. yeah
1: well now that you shared your experience in your own countries where you come from how is it like in France, like did you generally feel uh much safer or is it the same, or is it better um so f-
0: before I got to France, everybody I would spoken to, especially uh relatives or members of the family who've been living here for a while. The one thing that everybody was so so uh, particular about was to take care of my bags because Mm. even at the airport people are just gonna swipe your bag and go away so like they had like terrified (laughs) me and I already told you you know I have a recurring nightmare about being (laughs) pickpocketed so I was so I mean I think the first couple of months I was always on high alert Mm. but uh, thankfully (laughs) (laughs) touch word fingers crossed (laughs) uh, I haven't been pickpocketed and I haven't lost anything so far Uh, so it's actually been much more safer for me here because i used to live in Viljuf in the beginning and yeah. i've traveled back after midnight back to my place and it's been completely okay yeah. i was never scared of going back there has it it gets lonely it gets alone sure but i haven't been put in danger i haven't been in danger
2: yeah i think it's the same for me like back home in a small town you know going home any time after like eleven PM the like I'd I'd be afraid to be pickpocketed mm-hmm. or to be robbed, you know. But then like over here I can literally walk on the streets of Paris like two AM, you know, just yeah. walk from like far away to my mm-hmm. room and nobody's gonna stop me. Nobody's yeah, it's yeah. and see I feel safe in the regard that I'm probably not gonna get robbed. But there's also another type of fear racists are very irrational they could just stab you for no fucking reason like a few weeks ago somebody just went to um a a, a cultural place for this uh I, i've forgotten the, the name of the people or where they come from but like basically there was a shooting a white man just picked a gun and went and, like, there yeah, too many immigrants yeah, yeah. and oh, just... Fuck. Sh- yes, and I remember. shot people exactly. December, yeah. Yeah. In December. In December, yeah. And then there were, like, riots and everything like that. Is this so, in
1: Paris? Yes, this
2: was yes, in Paris. In,
1: where were
0: you? Where were you? Oh, my gosh, she wasn't here.
2: I don't watch to sorry. Neither do I, but, like, it was everywhere. Yeah. There was a, a It was
0: the week I had gone to Switzerland. Yeah. It happened and the next day I left for Switzerland.
2: Yeah, so it's it's it's... That's the kind of fear that I have. In in back home, the fear was being robbed or being knifed for like refusing to give my phone or my money, or for being poor because it's usually when they, <laughs> they find you and they're like, give me money and like I don't have money then they're like okay you're poor <laughs> knife you and go away. <laughs> yeah, Why no. are we laughing?
1: <laughs> but that's true. Yeah,
2: no, they're just yeah. like okay you're poor and knife you and go away. But over here, what I'm afraid of is actually being knifed not for being poor but for just being black.
1: Mm-hmm. And out
2: at night, which is very possible in Paris. So yeah. It's safe but it's not really safe.
1: Mhm. True. I mean, I feel the same. Like for me, I'm from Manila in the Philippines. It's the capital. And it's like a big city thing to get pickpocketed. To yeah. get I mean, it's it's not supposed to be the norm, but unfortunately it is. And I also f- uh, I agree with you, Adam, but for me it's I'm, a, I'm scared because I'm Asian, like i can push i can be pushed uh, on the I don't know the train tracks <laughs> for being Asian or I can be like knee howled like every it's, it's an everyday thing people are like knee i am like fuck you, I'm not chinese <laughs> I mean that's the fear that I have in a in a sense it's an everyday thing. I feel yeah. like I experienced b- getting knee how like probably four times right now. What? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's very weird. I I don't know, I don't know. But yeah, that's that's the fear when you're a person of color in in a predominantly white country, I guess.
2: Yeah, I mean...
1: Yeah, I don't think it's a France thing. I think it's just any
0: first world white country for that mm -hmm. matter.
2: So basically white people. (laughs) I'm sorry. But if it is the truth, it is the truth. The truth is objective. Yeah. You know, so we, we cannot really apologize for saying the truth. But
1: sometimes I also feel like uh, it's, it aside from racism, it's also out of ignorance. Because, for example, if other foreigners come to my country in the Philippines, if, even if they're white or black, p- they just stand out. Because we're not used to seeing foreigners in the streets. And people are like, uh, I don't know, taking pictures of them and... Calling them. I mean I also see th- these TikToks in India where people are like asking random white people for pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's
0: a it's a thing because uh so tourism is a big industry in India of because course. there's so much history and yeah. you know, so much that comes with it. And we see a lot of white people but only on in like touristy places. <laughs> and then there will be people who would be, you know, trying to converse with them in English. <laughs> doesn't matter whether they come from France <laughs> they'll like still try to talk to them in English
2: <laughs> <laughs> like
1: who who's this like exotic person yeah <laughs> uh, yeah exactly
2: see but I find that to be okay because the dynamics are not the same mm-hmm. yeah this exactly. is very systemic
0: in if if it's in India, we look at the white person with reverence.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, it's bow down. It's yeah, the white
0: person. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, it's with and with respect and, that's, and admiration. Yeah. That also comes as, like, a post-colonial effect. Yeah. Because... <laughs> 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 well... Well... <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, I think that, that thing is there. Because in India, English is seen as, you know, like the language yeah. of the elite, the right. language that you should know to get ahead in the world yeah. and so on and so forth. <laughs> yeah, come to France. Nobody <laughs> cares that you speak English.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's kind of the same back home. Like when white people come around, you know, people are like, oh my God, that's a white person. And there's this song that the kids sing. It's like, they just just singing for white people. It's, it's literally about white people. And, in the song, the kids are like, uh, they just saying hello to the white person and then mimicking how the white person would say it back to them. That's literally the song. And I've met white people who feel uncomfortable with the kids singing those songs to them because they're like, what if you come to our country and we're doing that? And I'm like, the dynamics are not the same yeah. because in this case, you are being looked at with some sort of reverence. Mm-hmm. The kind of places that you can go to, I cannot. Mm. Oh, my God, that reminds me of a story that I read a couple of years ago about two broke American college students that went to Ghana. Is this just, a true story? It's a true story. Mm-hmm. Just with <laughs> just with confidence, they came from the U.S. with no money in their pockets and were able to secure uh, an audience with the vice president of the country. Wow. What? With, yes, to go and propose a business plan. I am telling you, two broke white college dudes... Mm-hmm. Just really? showed up and like, yeah, we're from the u s and we have a business plan for the for the and they literally got an audience with the vice president i was I was shook, I was so mad. see that is the kind of imbalance that I'm talking about True. a white person i look i I cannot even get a visit to the mayor's office. Yeah. To say, I have a business plan. What do you mean? Who are you? Where are you from? Who born you? Mm-hmm. What, what do you have? You know, like, it's just not the same. So, well.
1: I mean, that's true even in France. Like, you find people, French people are like, oh, I went backpacking across Europe. I was alone. And I, I, in my head, I was like, how how are you able to do that safely? Because I can't imagine myself doing
2: that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, it's it's Why people get the luxury of doing that safely, and like, people of color are generally unsafe on these trips. Like somebody could literally just stab you, you and them. bury you under rocks, and nobody would ever find you. Yeah. Human trafficking. Scenario. That is
0: one fear I do have. That what is that? Uh, I'm gonna die in this country, and nobody. Wouldn't we'll never know. Yeah, what happened to me?
2: Yeah, I
1: mean, we'll see in our life three sixty the the app that we have.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I also have this this fear. Like, I mean, I would I would blame America the American media for putting these ideas into my head. But I've seen too many stories where, too many true stories where people of color in universities have gone on trips with and their white counterparts. And they return from the trip and uh, everybody comes home except oh the person fuck. of color. Yeah. yeah, And nobody knows where they went. Mm-hmm. How is that even possible?
1: Mm-hmm. For me, I'm a big fan of like true crime podcasts. Yeah. So I listen to a lot of like uh, people, I don't know, people getting murdered. <laughs> and a lot of them were really students of color coming to like an international uh, university. Yeah. And it's it's very scary.
2: It is like how, how
1: would you assure your parents that you're gonna come back home alive right
2: exactly that's why i like to keep to myself a lot of the time <laughs> <laughs> i mean see it's, it's, it's in this case i have every right to i don't know make certain assumptions to keep myself safe yeah i think yeah. because definitely the, the power is, is it's imbalanced it, it's it's always going to be in favor of the majority here. Mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm just just like be safe. one
1: basically. of the one of the podcasts that I listen to it's a true crime podcast. Their tagline is "Stay rude." So <laughs> it's basically for women to like not not, I don't know not assume the role of being kind to other people, especially strangers. So you stay safe. yeah, <laughs> that's sad, right?
2: That's sad, but then mm-hmm. that also could go either way. As well, because I've seen videos (laughs) where men reacted very violently to women that were Were rude rude to them. Uh Just because, hey, who do you think you are?
0: See, the thing is, these things cannot be looked from... One lens alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an intersectional thing.
2: Yeah,
0: it is. You try to talk about race, you can't talk about race without bringing gender in.
2: Exactly.
0: You try to talk about gender, you can't talk about gender without bringing sexual orientations in. Yep. The whole thing. That's why we have int- we, That's why there is intersectionality. Like you True. don't. You don't just say feminist or feminism anymore. It's an intersectional movement right yeah, now.
2: Yeah. Hello,
1: France. Intersectionality—it exists. No, I'm it's kidding. something
2: they haven't heard
0: of. <laughs> 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 I think uh, uh, the one thing that I liked—I uh, I, I don't know if "liked" is the right word—but when I'm applying for jobs, and they they always show that. Uh, F slash H, like both females yeah. and, uh, and then, men male. can yeah. apply. And then I saw one of the uh, places. I think it was Doctor Lab. Yeah, they
2: have. And F Doctor,
0: yeah, put put up X, X for non-binary, yeah. and yeah. that was pretty cool. Yeah, it mm. is.
2: But I I personally have a bone to pick with the whole idea of putting F slash M. Why do you need to specify that both men and men yeah can yeah. apply to that is job. Is there a
1: job for males only? Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. Like, True. why would you put that there? It's just This a is job something I think I've only
1: seen in yeah, France. Yeah,
0: same. Honestly,
2: it's, this is the only place I've seen that. A job is a job if a person can do it. True. So just put the job description and the people that qualify are going to apply unless there is an unspoken rule that if there isn't F or whatever attached to the job, then it means only H people can apply mm-hmm. to it. Which is insane. Um,
0: so I remember I had asked this to someone, and um, they told me that years ago, when only men were officially in the workplace, and women started to join in. Again, I have absolutely no idea how uh, mm-hmm. credible this is, but it was to make sh- put it into force that you know women are welcomed into the workforce, and it sort of originated from there to make, mention it everywhere
1: make it visible
0: make it visible mm-hmm. yeah it was about visibility and not just you know saying that oh both can apply because a lot of women didn't get into the workforce until much later
2: but see the thing, I think like actions are better than just putting words on True. job descriptions oh, definitely sometimes like looking for internships you see this job and they're like um, We're looking for an intern. And here's a picture of our team. And then you go and it's like, it's like 75 white males. <laughs> and then one white woman with ginger hair. <laughs> and that's the... the diversity. Like, that's a diversity. I'm like, oh my God, what is wrong with you people? You put F and H, but you're definitely going to pick a man. So what's the point? You know?
0: Yeah, but I think legally they're supposed to... I see. Say... Mm-hmm. There is something like that. I'm not sure about the specifics, but it does come from somewhere.
3: Hungry and every race. 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 Hungry and every way. Hungry and every, way. Hungry in every, way. Hungry in every way. I love a love of the owner and every race. Ever ever ever. I have become the charity. I love a love of the owner. And I am hungry for a love my country cannot afford. I want a love that will buffer my mistakes even before I commit them. A love that has mapped out the possibilities of my existence and made room for each one of them. A love that doesn't need me to clamor to identify as black too, just so I can swim in the opportunity pool. A love that doesn't need me to be well-versed in articulating how high I am on the needy Olympic scale, to be deserving of support. A love that doesn't even need me to have an archive of pain to be worthy of inclusion. I love a love that will never ever let me I have become the epitome of this anxiety. I love a love that will never ever let me I have become the epitome of this insanity. I want a love that doesn't need me to work like there's two of me in this body just to be visible. A love that doesn't require me to be both pregnant and doula, trying to pull a nirvana out of my eyes just for being different. I want a love that doesn't require me to be ridiculously multifaceted in order to have a fraction of an equation at being equipped for survival. A love that doesn't wait for another suitor to sing praises of my genius before recognising my worth. Or worse, only after I'm dead. I'm hungry for a love my country cannot afford. The way white lusts for a backdrop to outshine. I love a love that never of let love of I have become the epitome of this I love a love that love ever let me love become the epitome of this
1: that we'd like to share is Dr. Lib. So it's an online platform where you can get in touch with doctors. So you can filter it uh, by the languages that they can speak. You can filter it by proximity when it comes to your house. And what else, you guys?
2: Um, yeah, so you just go on Dr. Lib and you find uh, a doctor and then you book an appointment. You can book an online appointment or a physical appointment. You show up um yeah, you get you, you get your treatments, you get a prescription, you go get your drugs. I mean, it's basically like a hospital in your hand.
0: Mm-hmm. More or less. Yeah, like a database.
2: Exactly. Yeah, it puts you in contact with It's a medical database, yeah. yeah. So you you um get in touch with the doctor, book an appointment, show up, you know, and then yeah, it's it's really handy and I think a lot of people actually use it. It's becoming the standard more or less because like, yeah. Medicine. Yeah.
0: They've, they've managed to take up a lot of market share yeah, quite quickly.
2: Very quickly. And it's been around for like 10 years only. Really? Yes. It's, it's been around
1: for 10 years? That's my question. <laughs> yeah,
2: for just 10 years, since 2013. And now, like even when you show up to like a doctor's office, they'll be like, book an appointment on Dr. Lee. Like you literally cannot go to a hospital. It has
0: made it so much easier yeah. in one sense, because um when I got Chicken I had to uh, go to the hospital to get, like, a doctor's note because yeah. I didn't have my social security yet. Yeah, you need your social security number to <laughs> yeah. book an appointment on Dr. Lib. Yeah. So that's also there. And it was just weird because you just keep waiting in the emergency room and you never know. It's You're an emergency in the <laughs> emergency room, but you're not considered an emergency.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Dr. Lib is, like, really handy, so just get it and if you don't have a social security number yet you can still book an appointment but it's just gonna cost you more mm-hmm. i guess so yeah
1: so get your social security done and then download Dr. Yeah.
2: yeah
1: okay stay safe okay guys so we talked about the negative aspects mm-hmm. so far when it comes to safety in france is there any i don't know something positive that you feel like changed when you went here in France in terms of uh, that aspect of life? Like in the metro, for example, do you feel much safer? Uh, in the streets, do you feel much safer when you... I don't know. Versus compared to our home countries? Com- compared to your home country? Oh, definitely.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing. Yeah, definitely I feel safer here. In terms of my physical safety, sure. But if I am to put forward the fact that I'm a person of color there's always that question mark in the back of my head. Yeah. Am I really mm. safe? Mm. Or,
1: you know,
2: yeah, is
0: it just, uh, mm.
1: oh, yeah. It was like the other day I was like, uh, I don't know, talking to a guy and I realized he's only dating Filipinas so far. Okay, so, um, so <laughs> suspicious. So in my head, I was like, is he into Filipinas or is he only into Filipinas? Because it's like, it's totally two different things. Yeah there's this w- weird fetish like going on and there's also this I don't know it's a lot of factors like what Anne said it's intersectionality well one thing though that there's like this trend it's called passport bros I don't know if you Oh heard yes. it it's, it's like a it's movement. American. what is that? <laughs> it's like people American guys going to
2: Southeast I, I would say Asia, Southeast Asia South, South Asia South yeah. America yeah. and then
1: giving them I don't know I'll give you a passport give me a traditional wife like what? that yeah traditional yeah. in a sense that someone who can cook someone who can clean someone who they can provide for and then the exchange like passport
2: basically they're looking for like house helps in the name of wives ah. and then if yeah so like they they just go to these um countries right and then they're like um i got an american passport so if you marry me you can become a citizen and for like women in these impoverished cultures that need escapes mm. you know they mm. just agree to these things and i moved to the u.s with them where they are financially dependent on these men socially dependent on these men and then they're just abused basically for in, in hopes of getting like a passport an american passport in return for later years it's insane a similar thing i believe is happening in europe and in mm. france Per my experience, I'm saying per my experience because I've met not less than five French people in their 30s, 40s and 50s who are, have a track record of only engaging with people from minority exotic. and <laughs> oppressed and exotic <laughs> cultures, which is insane to me.
0: So the question is, are we really safe anywhere at all?
1: that's really I think that's (laughs) (laughs) I won't stare at like a wall (laughs) (laughs) oh
0: one thing um, I wanted to talk about was uh, in India weed is illegal right
3: yeah
0: and basically if there are dealers or anybody tries to buy weed sometimes you get caught by cops and there are random checks mm-hmm. where you know people are checked it, if they have weed or drugs any anything at all basically uh but here because cbd is legal uh, i think a lot of people just smoke weed yeah right oh. in front of cops and mm-hmm. like nobody Kids. gives a shit yeah. yeah but they're all white mm-hmm. i have never seen Uh, a person of color. Openly smoking weed. Openly smoking weed.
2: Yeah, no, don't. If you're a person, please don't. Please don't do it in front of the cops because your own will be different. Your story is going to be different. You're not white. Don't smoke in front of white cops. Please just don't. Even if the cop is black, just stay away.
1: Yeah. One thing, though, I also experienced, like, I think it was Anne and I. We were in the grocery and we got randomly checked our bag got yeah randomly.
0: yeah <laughs> we were leaving the grocery store, and then they stopped us and uh, asked us to check our bags,
1: yeah, and we didn't even touch anything,
0: <laughs> we yeah, just no. had bags, <laughs> <laughs> and we were clearly not white,
1: yeah, sometimes i'm I wonder if it's. Is it because it's a, is it a random check or is it because um yeah. I look sketchy? I don't know.
2: See, I feel like it is a mixture of both. There is usually random checks, but then it's much more random on people of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they it, it, I I I have been um also in a situation like that in shops where they just randomly check bags and in most of my experiences been people of color. And the security men have also been people of color, but that's a conversation for another day. In general, we're not safe, I guess. So Mm -hmm. just try to protect yourself.
1: So maybe as final words, what I want to ask you guys, is there anything that we can do to, I don't know, just practically be a little safer, uh, considering all the factors that we mentioned?
0: Don't engage. You yep. see something happening, do not engage. You yep. don't have a French passport, don't engage. That's all I'd say.
1: Mm-hmm. What about you and um?
2: um, Yeah, just try to stay as far away from trouble as possible. And if it doesn't concern you, it doesn't concern you.
1: For me, I feel like uh, my advice is to find a support system that you can share I don't know share your location with or yeah. find like a safe place I don't know a safe word look for things that are stay stay out of trouble and s- stick with people who who make you safe okay so that's it a podcast about uh, international student life in France this has been Raven
2: and and it's Adam again me <laughs>
1: see you next time <laughs> bye guys